Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends to the House of the Unusual podcast, your weekly podcast for all things that are pretty cool out there, so... Thank you guys for joining us. Let's see, who do we have on our list of guests today? Ooh, we have the one and the only, uh, the maestro of mail order mysteries, Eddie Guevara. <laughs> Eddie, what's up? I'm here. There's All Eddie. right. And let's see, on the list as well, we have the dynamic duo of Chuck and Sherry Caputo. Chuck and Sherry, how are you? Hey. We're doing well. All right, pretty hello, good. Hello, hello. All right, and I am your other half of the uh, the host, Joe Pavlansky, and uh, that's all I'm going to say about me right now because I want to turn it over to Chuck and Sherry and see what's new with them. So, what's up, guys? What's new? Uh, what's going right. on in the world? Yeah, not too much. Keeping pretty busy. We got a school show tomorrow, and we're wrapping up a bunch of a bunch of shows almost like every other day, pretty much, and. Uh, you know what? There's a, there was an interesting thing that happened. I was doing some yard work. We have a front slope. I was on the front slope cutting some weeds and uh, you know hedges and everything. I slipped down the front slope a few times, and and my lower back is killing me. Oh my Ooh. goodness! Yeah, so I, I've been uh, I've been kind of babying it a little bit. You know what? <laughs> I got I got a propensity for uh, for some uh, serious uh, head injuries, so I got to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess that explains it, huh? Now, Sherry, did you take over yard work duties then when Chuck was down with his uh, his uh, quote-unquote hurt back? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> you won't catch me in those weeds. No. <laughs> I have my own problems. <laughs> gotcha. yeah. But the only thing, yeah, we went over our sons, uh, our oldest son, Michael, uh, his house today because he has an inversion board. Do you guys Ooh, have nice. you ever used that before or? Oh, I love those things. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he put Chuck in there and um, <laughs> stretched him out. Down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he is feeling a lot better. So that's that's good news. Hey, I was hanging upside down like Count Count Chuckula. They <laughs> said, "All right, Chuck. We'll see you later." And left you hanging. <laughs> yeah, keep somebody, it hanging. <laughs> somebody had asked where's Chuck, and they said he went down a slippery slope. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That boy's uh, heading down a slippery slope in life. He better get his act together. I'm telling you, man, it's easy to slide with all that rain. All the ground was uh, real mushy. You know what I mean? And you couldn't get your footing. And it's a pretty we need spiked shoes. Yeah, I gotta or get something. wear spikes it's or something. Really... Well, I was gonna say uh, one of the new things now that you guys are doing that stuff. Uh, there is. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think it's one of those alien shows or something that's gonna be in Newark on the 11th. I think it's tomorrow or today's the 11th, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Today there's a show and it's from here. It's going directly to Ohio. So I figure, you know, Joe, uh, Joe, one of the things that was brought up on television when they were talking about the show is that some guy said, I forgot what part way back there was an alien ship uh, landed in some dude's backyard <laughs> and, gave, and gave him to a uh, cracker. The, the, the alien asked him for water. And he turned around and gave him two crackers. Uh, Jim, had told, Jim mentioned the story to me. And he said that years later, uh, the government came to investigate and he still had one of the the crackers left. And I think it was, it was kind of weird where they did some experiments on it and stuff. And 
they said it was uh, totally like it had no salt or I forgot what features were in it. But uh, did you ever hear that story, Joe? Yeah, they made him, uh, he called it pancakes. And yeah, I, I could, yeah, I, I alien landed in my backyard too and gave me some pancakes. I'm going to, I ate one this morning. I'll have one for breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> so, is that a real story or is that something that's told? Cause apparently well, it, it's a real story. I mean, who knows how true it is, but. Yeah, it's it's a real story that happened some years ago. I, I can't recall, but well, well, you know what? If uh, if the alien comes to send them over to mine, this way I don't have to cook any. Well, <laughs> maybe we could get the aliens to land at uh, Chuck and Sherry's, and they could finish up the yard work out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They could zap it. That would be awesome. Yeah, could you imagine that alien lands and says, "Welcome to Earth. We are from planet Zeta Reticuli," and Chuck's like. <laughs> Hey, hey, hold on, hold on. Could you just finish my yard work for me, bro? Yeah, yeah. Then we'll talk. I got to get it done. <laughs> and it would, it, you know what? It would be nice if they'd make breakfast too. That would be great, man. Yeah, uh, really. And then go inside and make me some pancakes. I'll be on the couch watching TV. Yeah. yeah. Like, what the heck? Where did we just come to? And you go, you look out there, and there's a, some little gray alien pushing your lawnmower, swearing in some, you know, <laughs> off off planet language because he then he, here. You know, millions of light years, and he's pushing a lawnmower in some guy's front yard. <laughs> oh my goodness! That would, that would be funny. Tell you what, since we're talking about aliens and flying saucers, uh, the reason I brought up the topic Mm-mm. is because I was looking while I was, uh, you know, packing stuff in the storage and organizing. I came across a an ad that was selling different flying saucer plans back in the early '80s. So I'm going to post it in the forum so people could see what they look like or something. One was for a starship. One was for something else. They were pretty expensive. They were asking like seventeen, eighteen thousand a set of plans back then. Wow. And, um, I was going to consider the starship one. You know, this way I could probably go to Mars and invade Mars. <laughs> I don't know hey, if that works. Hey, what what was that one toy, Eddie? That novelty way back in the sixties and seventies. It was the it was the uh, hover car. What what exactly was that? What you're talking about. Uh, that Johnson Smith sold in all the ads and comic books. Yeah. Okay, the air car. Yep. That was actually made by a company called Victor Stansel. Okay. And what it did is, you know, of course, it was a battery-operated hovercraft, and it had a, a not a wire. It was more like a. I, I think it would be considered today to be one of those fiber optic things. It's like a large uh, plastic, like a long plastic, and what it did is you had what looked like a flashlight. You held it in your hand, and you put two D-sized batteries. Those are the really big batteries. Yeah, yeah. And you would put two of them there. So it had a motor in the tip, and when you press the button down, the motor would turn, and that would spin the propeller. So the propeller, actually, the power of the propeller was in the battery. I'm sorry, was in your hand in the flashlight unit. Mm-hmm. And what propelled the propeller was a, a fiber optic, really thick, not really thick, but, you know, thick enough that when it spun around it, it made the the thing inside spin, uh, ironically. <laughs> and it would lift it off the air, you know, would float on water and stuff like that. But, you know, it, it was just basically the same thing as a hovercraft, sold for many, many years. Mm-hmm. I, uh, when I came across the idea of trying to sell it back in probably 1983, 84, I'm, I'm sorry, it was after 1985, 1985-86, I contacted the company and bought at that time two dozen. I still have maybe eight of them left in the mm-hmm. original box, 
but they were made by the Victor Stansel company and they were sold in Johnson Smith for years. Yeah, I saw those ads, but I never bought one of those. How big were they? I mean, could it, could it like fit in your hand or is it much bigger? No, no, absolutely not. It's actually pretty large. They're the size of, um, they're about the size, a little bit bigger than a plate, like a dinner plate. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a oh, little bigger than that. Just the right size for me to fit in then. Perfect. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can get my fingers in there. My fingers could hover around. What, well, you know what made it unique? First. Yeah, like a shrinky dink. Yeah. I'll just put it in the oven and seven yeah. hours later it'll be life size. No, but, I was going to say what made that air car unique, you know what it was? Because it was shaped like a flying saucer. Yeah. And it had like a little thing in the top that looked like somebody would go inside it, you know? Mm -hmm, there you mm -hmm. go. Um, it's funny that you brought that up, Chuck. I was thinking about it the other day. I'm I'm going to see how many I have left. Uh, and, and you know, the rest is history. I'm not going to say much or anything, but let me see how many I have left. Yeah, and, yeah that, uh, would, that would be cool. There's a, there's a place out near, out, out close to you, Eddie. I, I checked it out. It's in Grover's Mill, uh, uh, New Jersey. And that's and that's where the War of the Worlds broadcast was. Uh, did oh, you yes, visit? yes. Uh, did you ever visit that? I saw that on a on some episode somewhere. It looked pretty cool. Oh wow! No, I. You know what, Chuck? I to be honest with you, I never even considered it. Um, now that you mention it, I wonder if there is like some type of museum there, of some sort. You know. I think there is, and they got a pretty cool looking plaque. You know what? With you know, uh, you know, Horse with like an alien. Yeah, it has like uh, wells on there, and and it's next to like an alien type of craft and everything. It looks like a pretty cool place to visit. I mean, it's. You know, it looked kind of neat. It's only about 40 minutes, I think, 50 minutes for me. I don't think it's that far away. Um, it's something to consider if it is, if it's there. I might actually go. You know, yeah. And there's, uh, that would and be there's, really oh, yeah. Okay. And there's a museum out near you, too, Eddie. It's called the Morris uh, Museum. It's in Morristown, uh, New Jersey. And they got, like, different type of robotics I saw online and, uh, you know, like, wind up old types of things on, uh, you know, that are on display. That might be something, too, if you've never checked it out that's actually that museum i've never even checked it out i think i read about it one time that museum is located in the same time where chiller theater takes place oh okay. Oh, okay yeah so it's it's been um i mean it's uh i haven't really you know gone there or anything that the war of the worlds one that might be interesting yeah. i mean there's a lot of um a lot of legends from the jersey devil to yeah. many things in new jersey and I think Joe is familiar with it because I think Joe, didn't you write one time for Weird New Jersey? <laughs> Who me? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no that was, me. maybe that was you. You're in you're in Jersey. No, that was no, no, weird. no, no. I'm talking about no, that the was magazine. Weird. That was weird, Pittsburgh. <laughs> no, definitely wasn't me. But hey, you know that, that that's pretty awesome. You brought up the the Orson Welles uh, uh, radio program because I, I actually wanted to talk about some old time radio today. But that kind of was like, you know, jogging my my brain about how radio was back then. I mean, could you imagine if something like that was on the radio today? Do you do either any of you guys think that it would have had the reaction? No. You know, today. Now, no. back then, you know, a very common misperception about that is that the whole world was your whole United States was going crazy. It was actually, you know, a few small pockets and there was a. um there's actually a, um, a newspaper journalist who really blew it up, right? Because you know he was trying to to work to discredit radio because you know he, he believed it was taken over, you know, for uh, the newspaper. But it w really wasn't as widespread a, as you know mm -hmm. many people 
think it is. But, yeah. You know, do you guys think anything like that would would fly today, where people brush it off or be like, yes, yeah, yeah. more alien, you know, overlord? Yeah, I think I think people would laugh about it nowadays. But you know, from my understanding, that was, I think it was 1939. Orson Welles broadcasted that, right? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. I think it was. 38 i think yeah 38 but yeah i think i think people were terrified i mean from what i've read people were really carrying on and so you know i don't think nowadays it would have that effect what do you think Jim? well let's let, let's go back on something when you say nowadays now with all the technology and stuff we got more people that believe in the flat earth and we didn't go to the moon i think it's capable to happen again yeah you never know Never know. You got that many, you know, kind of interesting people out there. You know? <laughs> and and the funny thing is they're the educated kind. It's not like, you know, you would say, well, maybe the guy never went to school. No, we're talking about educated computer programmers. Yeah, you're right. People you're right. that know, and they're actually, you know, oh, no, the earth, actually, the sun, I think, is uh, in the center, and we're just hanging from some string from the sun, you know. it's Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, it's even though the, those those conspiracy theories have been around since, I remember reading that in 1973, I think it was 72, when I was a little kid, in back of a comic book or something, that you could buy the a book called The Hollow Earth Theory or something like that. Yeah, so yeah. And now they're, they're making a debut again. And with Facebook, where everybody's now a, um, a newscaster, you have people <laughs> anywhere from saying, you know, uh, Trump is the beast to, you know what I'm saying, to no yeah. Biden it. I mean, it's in all honesty, you would think that people today, as smart as everybody is, and the technology we have, but I don't know. I think we've gone back a hundred years. Yeah, it makes yeah. you it makes you wonder. Yeah, wow. Yeah, you never know. And that came out nineteen thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. October thirtieth, nineteen thirty-eight, and it was on the uh, Columbia Broadcasting System radio. Okay. Network. Yeah, and it was, that, it was, and that episode was hosted by the Mercury Theater on the air. The Mercury yeah, I mean, Theater. It's, it's, yeah. it's a, I have the episode. I have it in many, in CD, in a DVD. I have it. You know, some when, when you guys talk about that stuff, Mercury Theater and all that, even the, what is that place that Chuck, we were talking about this by you, the Kex, Kexburg? Yeah, Kexburg. Yeah. It's outside of Greensburg, yeah. Pennsylvania. Yeah, I saw, I saw something like that. What a coincidence that the Kexburg flying saucer, whatever it is, that's out there in display, looks just like the bell from uh Oh, it does. Bell. Yeah, you know what? That's actually one of the theories that that's an actual the bell, uh, uh, the the uh, Glocken from back in Germany, and it and it kind of like went went through the went through the time uh, type of uh, dimension, and, and it traveled from nineteen what forty two up to nineteen sixty two or or sixty three when that happened, because uh, you know what? Because the Germans were actually experimenting, you know, with time travel, you know, with that bell. There was uh, mercury that was that was spinning real fast in its uh, in its uh, 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 almost like the centrifuge, and so uh, so th I think they were onto something where it could have possibly led to time travel. They were they were experimenting with it anyway, and the framework is actually in Poland, if I'm not mistaken. There's a there's a cement like a concrete framework for it, you know, and it's yeah, actually pretty I think, cool. Yeah, you're right. I think there's something where the bell was, but I think you know what it is. If it could have been something like that, I wouldn't say the time travel thing because I don't know they really were able to achieve any of that stuff. But I wouldn't be surprised that maybe there was some type of craft that in 1962 they, I mean, I told you guys a story one time and, I, and I've said it many times. I went to a, I was coming uh, back in the um, early 80s when I started my mail order business. I wanted to sell plants on how to make a flying saucer. So I, I don't know, it came about a copywriter goes to me, why don't you run an ad something? So he says, try something like actual UFO blueprints. Um 
you know, uh, I think uh, documented by the U.S. government. And then I said, you know, that would be perfect to have a, a United States patent, which it is documented by the government. And it's a flying saucer kind of blueprint. Wow. And I went to Newark, New Jersey. And of course, it was kind of funny because I got like a 75 out ticket for parking in front of the library. <laughs> and uh, when I was up there, I, I, I actually got not one, but over 19 different patents that were from Lockheed and other, and they were actual flying saucers that, you know, that they had made, gotten pat patents for. One was for the army, but the, the whole thing I'm trying to say is that the technology was probably there because this is from 1947. Right. Uh, the one patent that I used, but they were all like from the early 40s, late 40s, 50s. Right. And, and you know what? When you say the bell, who knows if the bell was... Maybe they made it, and maybe that's what happened in Kettsburg. Who knows? You know? Yeah, who knows? You know, and then uh, the TV program Unsolved Mysteries did a did a uh, did a spoof about it. Mm -hmm. I think in maybe 1980, 82, somewhere around there, and they built that uh, the uh, fiberglass uh, craft. And so, and so, once they're done with the the episode, they, they asked the Kettsburg Fire Company, "Would you uh, would you guys like to have this? So they said, yeah. So it's still on display there. So if you want to take pictures near it, it's kind of cool. It's about eight feet tall. And it's, a, you know, like it's an exact replica of the of the craft, supposedly, that they, you know, that they found in Kecksburg. I saw a picture of it. It looks like it's made out of uh, cement or brown, like a flower pot, upside down flower pot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? It looks like an acorn almost. Right, like right. It doesn't, I mean, I was kind of surprised it wouldn't do a better job than that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Well, I, you know what? I guess, you know what? They were they were working on a shoestring budget or something. I don't know. <laughs> there's a little small sign. If you zoom into the thing underneath, it says, this item was made by, it says, J. Path. I think it's I'm yeah. sure with, the, with the cereal. I mean, is that you, Joe? <laughs> Absolutely, it's me. Uh, Absolutely. I was selling it for $17.99, the plans for it. <laughs> but they got, you know what? They got every kind of UFO memorabilia there you can imagine. And they got T-shirts. And you meet Stan Gordon, Joe. Uh, that, that was a big thrill, I'll tell you. He, he signed an autographed picture for me. And I got a picture taken next to him. You know, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I've met him several times at uh, at Monster Bash and read a few of his books. He's a real, real nice guy. Real, very, uh, very knowledgeable, and he does a lot of uh, a lot of presentations. Yes, he is. He's a very nice guy. I think I pulled out a deck of cards and and uh, and uh, performed a card trick for him. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> he got a good I, sense of humor too. Yeah, <laughs> I, t I tell you what's cool is that you know how if when you look you know going back to. Uh, you know, the old radio dramas and all that on how much, you know, even in like the thirties and cause you know, old time radio, the golden age of radio, you know, started in the twenties and, you know, lasted through, through the fifties a little bit, you know, with the advent of television in everybody's household, it kind of went by the wayside. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I'm sure some of our, I don't even know if we would have any, listeners out there who would remember you know having a t you know not having a tv and just a radio in the house yeah yeah i, I, I was one you know maybe eddie because you know he's he's up that age <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was one because in cuba we didn't have a television we oh a see so I, I know what you're talking about we only have small old-fashioned radio i'm talking about the one with the one knob in the middle yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but joe joe do remember one thing sir <laughs> Today is the golden age of podcast. There's That's more true. podcasts than YouTube channels right now. 
Wow. It's good to know. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost like, you know, radio's, you know, make it, making a, a comeback, but even, you know, during that time, like during like the thirties, forties and fifties, you had a lot of like some of the most popular shows had to do with UFOs and aliens and oh, you know, yeah. planet themes, you know, even, you know, you look at the pulp magazines at the time, the most famous ones, you know, aside from like the shadow and doc Savage were, were the sci-fi ones that dealt with, you know, the same things of these extra, you know, planetary beings that are coming to earth or, you know, even at the time, you know, they were talking about how, how we would go to these other planets and everything. Oh, absolutely. I was listening to this really cool, um, cool story the other day. I think it was by, uh, X minus one or dimension X. I can't remember. I believe it was from the forties though, or early fifties. And it was a, um, it was a really cool story. So like a lot of them, they always had like this at the ending would be kind of like, you know, a twist kind of like how twilight zone, you know, you watch those and at the end there was some type of twist to the story. Oh, Yeah. Those are great. Yeah. They were cool. Yeah. So, so on this story, this, this, uh, the ship, they, they crash land on some planet and you know, they're, they're kind of like, they, they seem like they, they might be like a, uh, a military type unit with like some scientists and everything on it. So, you know, they're, they're in their, their spacesuits and all that as they're on the planet. And one of the scientists says, Hey, you know, this, this uh, atmosphere, this is ripe for oxygen here. So it's the same as our planet. Mm -hmm. They're able to take their helmets off and they're able to breathe the air. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're talking, they're saying, okay, well, we got to see, let's see if there's, anybody on this this planet that we can make contact with so they go into this town and they see you know all these old rundown buildings that looks like they've been there for thousands of years and yeah um, you know they they go into these buildings and they come across you know some dead bodies and they're stunned because these bodies look just like them and you know they're, they're relaying it back and forth and saying hey these beings in here they they look just like us they have two arms and two legs you know what the heck's going on and you know they, they keep looking around and, and they're checking all these buildings they're checking the towns and they're saying you know man these these buildings must have been um you know abandoned you know thousands of years ago they're all run down and, and everything and one of the scientists says well hey see if you could find any book to see you know if we could find a history of these people or you know you know what happened with them because this is strange that they look yeah. you know, like us so they end up finding like this this kind of um uh little library bookshelf and they pull off some books and they're looking in the books and they're saying you know the, we, we found some books um but we can't read the language this is just a you know we're, we're not familiar with this language or anything so they said okay you know bring the books back to the uh the the, the craft and we'll we'll go ahead and check them out and We'll try to decipher them. You know, we got some linguists and all that. We'll we'll see if we could, you know, you know, decipher this language. So they bring the the books back, and um, it's a couple weeks later, and the main guy in charge says, "Hey, have you found out anything? You know, from from the books, were you able to discern any of the the words or anything, so we could see what's what's going on here?" And uh, the one guy says, well, "You know, this is a tough language. I, we can't." decipher anything but one word and it says earth uh, 
thought, man, that was really cool. So it was actually some species or some group that landed on Earth mm-hmm. that was completely wiped out. So, you know, it was a really cool, uh, really cool story with kind of a twist ending. There. Yeah, that sounds cool. That sounds almost like an H.G. Wells uh, novel. You, you know what? The time machine was very, you know, very, uh, you know, very close to that. The guy, uh, the guy crashed, remember? And then there was the Morlocks and the. Yeah. and that was pretty cool you know what i'm an hg wells fan i, I love hg wells and i like jules verne i mean their their stories were really something else wow yeah I, I tell you what and they've adapted a lot of those uh stories to uh to radio programs too over the years yeah. and they, you know they're really good i mean they put into the production of these old-time radio programs the same kind of care and, and attention yeah. to detail that they they do into you oh, know, yeah. and everything. I, I like the old you know what joe i always like the old radio uh broadcast you know what i caught the telling when i was a, when i was a young kid you know where they'd make the sound effects you know like like oh, yeah you, you know what the doors ee, you know uh, walking the, the horses walking down the street yeah. and that was so cool that was really neat yeah there was actually I, i've done a few articles on uh some old time radio and there was one, and I, I can't recall the exact, um, I don't know if it was, might have been Inner Sanctum, one of them, but they had like a, um, in the beginning, they had a creaking door. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, here it is. So the squeaking door, so it was Inner Sanctum Mystery. Okay, yeah. And they had this this creaking door, and what it was is, the way that they did the creaking door is that they, were, they had this chair in the office that was always creaking. So <laughs> they ended up recording it and used it as that's cool as the the sound effects for the door. Yeah, those old broadcasts were really cool. You could almost, you know, what like a picture of the scene in your head exactly. when they were when they were doing it. It was really unbelievable. Yeah, they they were unbelievable. And Chuck, you just repeated what Abbott and Costello like and hold that ghost. Oh yeah. And it goes the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. That no, that was uh Meet Frankenstein. Meet Frankenstein, when, yeah. Yeah, when he says that they go that the coffin was being opened. Yeah. Trying to tell Abbott. Oh, that was hilarious. Oh, so, so, so here's a brief little thing, because I, I I think that's really cool about the, the door and how the the special effects were done, like you said, Chuck. They they had their whole section of special effects, but I'm just going to read real quick here on on yeah. what I have wrote about the Inner Sanctum, yeah, the, uh, about the chair. So it says, while looking for a catchy and frightful gimmick for the show, Hyman remembered an old basement door that squeaked like hell. <laughs> After conferring with his special effects staff, a door was used but didn't achieve the desired effect. Hyman then grabbed a nearby chair, sat in it, and turned to the others in the room. The subsequent spine-chilling squeak emitted from the old chair caught the attention of everyone in the room and was from then on used as a prop in the show. Not long after using the chair as a prop, a staff member, unaware of its value, repaired and oiled the squeaking, (laughs) thusly causing the sound effects man to create the sound orally. Oh my God! Yeah, could you imagine that? Oh, so the sound of the creaking door became so popular that on February seventeenth, nineteen forty-nine, Hyman registered the sound for federal federal copyright protection. The huh. creaking door, as it was submitted, was one of only two sounds copyrighted at the time. The other being 
the NBC chimes. Got it, Sean. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Hyman knew the importance of sounds and how they had to conjure a clear mental picture in the mind of the listener. Each sound was clear and concise and played an even more important role than the dialogue, with some scenes going as long as a minute with just sound effects. Isn't that something? Wow. Yep. In order to get everything perfect, Hyman used several men and women from the CBS sound effects department to handle all the creak, cracks, screams, and routine sounds that painstakingly went into every episode. So you could see how, mm-hmm. how important, you know, you know that was. And for those of you that don't know about Hyman, he was a, a producer on the, mm-hmm. the show, Inner Sanctum Mystery. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's really cool on how how much importance they, they, they put into the sound effects for the, uh, the shows. I mean, they're just fantastic. And if no one's ever heard, you know, that creaking, you know, door sound, check out inner sync, the mystery, you could find them on YouTube or any, you know, even yeah. some podcasts you, you could download a lot of them, but it, it's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you said that Joe, because down in my job one day it was very windy and it was pouring, raining. And I don't know why I started getting my phone to record the uh, the howling wind. We'll go. <laughs> <laughs> I did like forty minutes of howling wind, man. You want to buy some? Yeah, <laughs> I think what there's there's a lot of those old time radio shows, especially the horror ones that started with you know some howling winds. They had some dogs barking, you know, witches crackling. It was really. It was truly, you know, a theater of the mind. And I, I tell you what, one of, my, one of my favorite things to do, which I'm, I'm really excited for this weekend because we're supposed to get some rain. Oh, oh, yeah, I, I, I love it. So when it's when it's, you know, kind of nice outside where I could sit in my breezeway without, you know, freezing my fingers off. You know, I like to sit out there at night, usually after the wife goes to sleep around midnight or so, I like to go out there, get a cup of coffee or you know, maybe an adult beverage if I'm I'm feeling it. Uh, smoke a yeah. cigar, yeah. Smoke a cigar and throw on some you know old time radio horror classics. And man, just the the whole mood of it. Yeah, that would know, be cool. Sitting there be- in the dark is just yeah. really cool listening to them. Man, I mean, oh, they yeah. really start. Some of them are really, you know, you, you you'll feel the hair raising on your arms. Oh yeah, I'm not looking oh, forward. To, I'm not looking forward to the rain because I'll just go down the front slope and and, and, and hit my, <laughs> my head off a tree. Dry. <laughs> that, yeah, I'm, getting kinda, I'm getting kind of dizzy over here, you know. <laughs> that, that's phenomenal. Hair racing monsters. Yeah. Instead I, of I hair growing. The person, there's one person that I know of, you know what, who did sound effects. A one guy machine who was unbelievable. And Michael Winslow was his name. Uh, the, oh, guy, yeah. the guy from the Police Academy movies. Yep. That guy is so talented. It is unbelievable. Huh. Wow. Yeah, he could have been his own radio show and just yeah, power sound effects. Yeah, he's about the best I've ever seen or heard. The guy's on a roll. I've seen him do stand-up a few times, and it's awesome. It's so it was so good. You know, when you're talking about sound effects and stuff like that, I don't know if you, a lot of you guys are aware, the Johnson Smith Company sold for many, many years a sound effects record, which, you know, was this the horror sound effects. Yeah, that's cool. Horror record. The guy who screams in there was actually Craig Taubeck that we had on the show one time. Oh, wow. They used, yeah, he actually did the screaming for that record, which was funny. Uh, they produced it in New York City, and they actually flew him over to New York, and he did the, wow. the screaming sound on it. And uh, I think he mentioned that one time in one of uh, 
of our episodes early way back. Yeah, I think I do remember that. I got the one from the what was that the uh, the honor uh, honor house the haunting? No, 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 no. That's the haunting from the Gale House. Right, Gale House. That's it. The Gale. Yeah, yeah that's the one. It says invite your friends over for a haunting. Yeah, yeah, it's her, the the banshees coming. Remember? Yeah, yeah, that that you could tell, man. That was done in the kitchen somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, yeah. it sounds so cool listening to it. I yeah. love listening to that record over and over. Yeah, you know, it's it's just so corny and so cheesy, but it brings back our childhood memories. Oh yeah, I think I bought that for a buck, right? Like ninety nine cent or something. Yeah, like that. that's exactly how much it used to cost. Yep. Um, yep. I actually have about seven of those, six, seven, and I also have about six, seven, eight of the John wow. Smith because I like those records. Oh yeah, you know, I thing- played, I played the Gale House one when I was a kid. I remember I, I put it on a little hi-fi. My dad said, "Turn that crap off. What are you doing?" You know, <laughs> yeah, and he told my mother something wrong with that kid. Yeah. I, think, but I, I love those. I love those records that are just, especially like the Halloween or spooky <laughs> sound ones that just have special effects in them. You know, you hear the. The, the wolf's howling or, you know, oh, wind cool. howling, the witches cracking, ghosts. Well, ooh, I love it. I, I played it all the time during Halloween. You know, it, yes. it's fantastic. They're fantastic. You know something? There's also another famous one, which, of course, who doesn't know the sounds of, of the haunted house, which is produced by Disney? Oh yeah, that that's a great one. That that is. Yeah, but awesome. you know that famous sound that goes. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> they used they used to play that man in the seventies in almost every TV show. They have it in Tom and Jerry. They have it in in I think in Bugs. I don't know if Bugs Bunny played it, but um, that sound and even in Tom and Jerry when I remember he's after the white mouse and says the white mouse is going to explode. He's about to kick him. And then the whole house explodes and comes out and says, don't you believe it. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh. that that's one of my favorite episodes because of the sound effects. But um, sound effects, you know, this is funny. Um, here's a story really quick. Back in, I don't know, I think, well, a few years ago, Calf, the one destroying the cover for my upcoming book there, uh, Kev Cabarage, who's a great friend of mine, an artist, one time when I first met him, he drew for me a cover for me to produce my own horror record. And it was always in the back of my mind to do so, do an actual vinyl and produce it. I've kind of put it off a little. I've been thinking about it for the last. It's funny that we're talking about records. Yeah, that would be that would be cool because you know what? These vinyl records, like Joe said, they're actually coming back. I mean, yeah. people, are, people are buying these records again. Yeah, it'll be phenomenal, and that'll be one that's exclusive to us. Because, yeah, uh, you know. And Joe, I'll I'll let you do the uh, howling, okay? Perfect. <laughs> and yeah, but like Chuck said, those those records are coming back, and there's, you know, there's if people like go, you know, go out and check their flea markets or you know, secondhand record store, you could find these records for, you know, fairly cheap. I actually found um, several. Uh, old time radio shows, some horror and sci fi ones on record, and usually you'll get you know two stories or so, or four stories, and I, I found them relatively cheap, you oh, know, yeah. five bucks. And oh yeah, hey, when we were in high school, we all had record albums. Remember, Sherry liked who was that? David Cassidy. She has well, no, I liked other. Yeah, but she, I... yeah, but she was in love with David Cassidy. That was a program. Yes. Oh, Sherry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Partridge family. Partridge family is to watch. That. I think I think I was you, thirteen years. I old. think you still have that album, don't you? I might have that. Yeah. Yeah, she saved it all these years. Well, you know, 
Exactly. You know, guys, when you're talking about all that stuff and albums and stuff, you know what's interesting? Uh, about two or three days ago, I was looking. Uh, is somebody make, uh, somebody's moving the microphone? Can you hear the the, the crackling sound? Somebody's clicking or clackling. Yeah, because we hear them. <laughs> Might be you, Chuck. I don't know. Are you okay? Is it sound all right? Is it all right? No, no, because no, it's going. It's like crackling. You have a ghost that's on. He's, he's crackling. There it goes. I'm sliding down the front slope. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's you're eating a cracker. Chuck's <laughs> podcasting as he's sliding down his framework. <laughs> no, what, what I was going to say is that, you know, when you're talking about records and stuff, I there's a record that, well, a couple of years ago, I went to the Meadowlands Flea Market, which has been there 40 years in by Giant Stadium, and there was a guy selling albums. And it was kind of funny, though, because... He was selling horror albums. He came to me for like five dollars a piece. I bought, I think, like eighteen different ones from the seventies, all in mint condition. And wow. the, the yeah, the price was crazy. But here's the funny thing: there's one that's called "Sounds to Make You Shiver." The original <laughs> one was in nineteen sixty or nineteen fifty something. No, I'm sorry. I think it was nineteen thirty-eight. And it, it had two skeletons like playing an organ. Then they made sounds to make you shiver that had a lightning bolt across the front cover. And then sounds to make you shiver, which is more known and they sell it. You know, and it's the same record with different, you know, years. They've changed the cover on it. Um, the one that had the lightning bolts, I actually came across it on Amazon, I think a few days ago or and I was trying to get, you know, I said, wow, that looks like a nice cover. I want to get that, even though I have several of the same record, but, you know, but I just wanted a different cover. My yeah. friend, the cheapest one on eBay is $245. Wow. That was crazy. What a, wow. So Everything's I, up. I said no. <laughs> even those old black and white cartoons, what, they got the skeleton dance and everything. Those are really, oh, yeah. really those cool. Yeah, I bought a special edition that I uh, DVD a while back, but I'm always looking for Mickey Mouse, The Haunted House. Oh, yeah. The original, that one is, that's just perfect. He's coming into the house. He's got the howling wind, like, yeah. and his umbrella's breaking. And I mean, that's that's the way cartoons should be, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's phenomenal. But that's like the old uh, Mickey Mouse and stuff. And then later on, it kind of, you know, I, I, I don't know if Disney made as good as what they used to back then, but, um, but you know, uh, talking about records and stuff, Joe, do you have a record collection, a vinyl collection of horror sounds or no? You know, I, I do. I, I have, uh, I have several of the horror sounds. I can't remember the exact name of them. I know there's one that's like, um, oh, I, I can't remember. It's a real weird. One from the from the seventies. It's the cover. It just says, you know, sounds to like make you mad or something like that, or, or mm-hmm. uh, scream. And then a lot of the other ones, the ones that I really like that have like the horror, the the Halloween theme type, um, you know, illustrations on the covers. And then I, I I do a lot of um anything I can find that's like pop culture from, you know, that came onto records like if it was like the Tarzan radio programs, the Shadow, um, huh. Star Trek, Star Wars, you know, a- anything like that that I could find. There. Even there's a lot of uh, comic book ones too. There were there were Superman, um, Spider Man, the Hulk, yeah. Batman. Um, they even did some of the um, 
the com um like from the comic strips there's like snuffy smith um i think there's a garfield one there's peanuts there, i mean there, there's just a ton of them it, it was you know anything that you could think of that was probably on tv you could find it in a uh on, on a record from that time from the you know 50s 60s and 70s oh yeah absolutely you know, when you're talking about a lot of those records, because uh, I have quite a few, like Casper, Spooky, you know, like, like big giant LPs. One thing I'm going to say, though, uh, is I do have, uh, if you guys remember KB Toys right before it closed down. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, they were okay, cool. There was a Halloween, and KB Toys was selling, I don't know, this was years ago. They were selling sound effects, um, DVDs, I'm sorry, CDs. And each CD had a different, like one was laughter, mm-hmm. one was ghostly moans, and they had like I think 17, 18 of them. And they normally were four ninety five each, and they were selling them that day for ninety nine cents each. Because wow. so I bought one of each, you know. Yeah. And then I I kept on going every time every year, uh, either cassette tape or whatever, any type of haunted house tape I bought. So. It brought my total number to 217, (laughs) you know, of records and CDs that are horror sound effects. Um, Then again, anytime a Gale house goes on, I mean, it's kind of crazy and absurd that they sell them for like $100, $75 for a little 45 album. But when when I've gotten them for 20, 30 bucks, I bought over time, you know, quite a few of them. And the Gale house is one of those records where nobody had heard it for years and years. Right. And then this guy named Jason, he's like a graphic artist. He's kind of popular on the internet. I haven't really talked to him recently or anything, but he had like a blog just like Kirk Demaris does. Uh, in fact, Kirk Demaris actually has one of those air cars I gave him. <laughs> That's the one from Mail Order Mysteries. You'll see it on the in the book there. That one I gave Kirk, um, that particular one. But I was going to say um, the, you know, with the sound effects and all that stuff, there is definitely, definitely. Um, I, I Well, anyway, I'm sorry. What I was saying, I, I kind of lost my thought here is uh, Jason had a, a, a site or a blog. This is when blog, there's a famous place called Blogger where you can start your own blog. I don't know if they're still around, but they had a, he had a, a site called Scar. Scar stuff s-c-a-r stuff and when you went there he uploaded every single record he could from horror sound effects from the 1970s uh, i mean he had a whole enchilada he had the haunting he had and i think that's the first time the haunting was heard by a lot of people out there because i i mean i don't know if the link is still even active today mm-hmm. but he had all the records that you would see in famous monsters of Filmland. Yeah, um, which I actually have those original records. They were uh, LPs, and they were sold. And you know what's so funny? As I as I'm actually saying this, I kind of realized this record I just told you that I was trying to buy. I think I have it. Um, I just realized I think I do have it. I have to check, but I definitely have that record. I think because there's also another one that has Frankenstein, and it has Frankenstein's face on one side, and then in the other side it has a hand with six fingers. Instead uh, of one, and those were all sold through famous monsters of Filmland. Oh, that's cool! Wow, yeah, you know what? Uh, 
There's an item that I that I put a picture on the forum. It's it, it's called a ghost gun. I don't know if you guys seen it or not. And uh, I saw it. Did you see the one I sent you back? Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. That's like a that's like a bigger one, like a rifle or something. I think it was pretty big. This is yeah, the one I put on her is is a modified, uh, more like a magic trick. It was built by there's a uh, there was a mentalist in Columbus, Ohio, named Robert Nelson. And uh, you know what? He sold this to use like in, in you know, like in seances. Uh, so, so what you do in total darkness, you would nonchalantly pull this out of your pocket and you just aim it at the wall and you'd squeeze the trigger. And like the small light would come on and it would it would it would cast the image on the film strip. You know what? Like a skull. And then when you and then when you pulled the trigger again, it would advance to the next one. It would put like a it would put like a werewolf's hand on the wall or something like that. And you know what? And, and so these were actual toys. Uh, from my understanding, from like the Walt Disney Company, because these uh, guns originally, had, what they had was a film strip of like uh, Pluto and Mickey Mouse. And so th this guy, Robert Nelson, put his own film strip on there for spooky things. And he also had modified it, you know, with a weaker bulb so it doesn't cast a beam across the room. And he also put like a front tube on it. So like it's a hollow type of tube. So the spectators more or less can't see, you know, like, you know, where the where the uh, light is coming from. You know, so it was like a brilliant, brilliant type of a, it was, it was a spirit type of a gun. Where did and you get that gun, Chuck? I got that about 25 years ago from a local collector here in Pittsburgh. His, uh, he was a very good friend of mine. He had passed away since then. And so, yeah, so this is the original one sold by Robert Nelson back in the 40s, I believe. Mm. And it's got the original holder and everything. It's, you know, what the film inside. Now, I'm not, I'm not real good with, you know, with films, but. I think this is like a 16 millimeter or something like that. And it's near impossible to get this thing copied because about 10 years ago I tried and you know what? No one seems to have the technology to even go back in time to do something like this, but it's a really, really cool gun. You know what? I check out the pictures because I opened it up and I, and I snapped some pictures and put it on the uh, forum. Does it work? Yeah. 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 That, you know what? It works perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. That gun came into the conversation between me and you when I was telling you about the other one I sent you back in the seventies and I'm surprised you don't remember the other one. The Hasbro Ghost Gun was sold in Woolworth. Um, I think, I, you know what? I think I do remember something about it, Eddie. Yeah, they, they were sold. They were like $7.98 or $19, whatever it was. I mean, not $19. They, you're never going to have $19 back then. But that Ghost Gun is, the way that worked is, it's kind of like a light. It projects it. And mm -hmm. you, you put film strips. And the film strips are like, they're like a foot long. It has like a lot of miniature ghosts on it. And as you put it in, when you shoot the ghost, it would actually pop a hole in it like a hole puncher. So, uh, so cool. on, on, you, you would see on the wall the image of the ghost, and then you would see the little holes, and that means you're, you're shooting at it. It was very cheesy, very something. The thing with that is that you had to buy more strips because once you used up the ones you had. <laughs> so I actually have about three or four of those guns that I bought over the years. Uh, in the I have one in the original box. I have one that's outside the box, and they also made another one. I think like an alien thing, which I also have. I haven't yeah. seen it, but I know the other one's red, and um, that that's called the Hasbro Ghost Gun. Today, mm -hmm. I think there was on eBay one for two hundred dollars. Yeah, in the box. You know, it goes for a lot of money now, but um, it's the same year they came up with the Lakeside Haunted Mansion game. That same year. Is when they had that, and that's the same time that they had a uh, voice of the mummy's tomb. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember the one I showed you the other? And, and that was phenomenal. The voice of the mummy was one of my favorite games ever. That was, that looked cool. That, that was Milton cool. Bradley who did that one. Yeah, that looked really cool. Hey, I see you found a uh, Fright Factory, Eddie. It's in pretty darn good con condition, man. Wow. Well, the, yeah, the Fright Factory, what happened is the day that I got a, you know, of course, Mr. Todd, a.k.a. The King, uh, insisted that I post the stuff I have. So I was bringing some of the box and I said, you know what? I opened this big barrel, I think it's a 60-gallon <laughs> barrel or 72-gallon. Uh, that I have that at one time I purchased to make a robot body from. And I, I, I stuffed there a lot of the games. And inside there it was. And it was sideways. So I had to open the box and put everything back in order because everything yeah. was all over the place. But I posted it on the forum. That's my Fright Factory from Thing Maker. Oh, man. Uh, they're, they're selling one on eBay right now for $2,800. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I tell you what, the one you have, the uh, uh, the box looks really cool on the outside. The, you know, it, it looks like it's in perfect condition almost, the graphics anyway. It is. The only thing, like I said, that's not in perfect condition is the styrofoam part of it. Yeah. Uh, underneath it had some holes. But you know what? Overall, it's, it is in perfect condition. Yeah, I tell you what, as you, you know, what, as you guys know, I've already stated that. That was my absolutely favorite toy. I mean, we played with it. Oh, for hours and hours. It's so cool. So, so Joe, uh, you said you wanted to bring up a little bit about classic radio and stuff and Crypt of Classics. You want to bring us up to date on some of your uh, upcoming ideas? Yeah. Do you know what I was wanting to, um, which I think that we might do here in the future, is I definitely want to bring back the uh, crypto classics every week and that way we could start getting everybody out there you know some some more horror movie ideas and sci-fi movie ideas and also um you know maybe a old-time radio program that that's kind of easy for everyone to find you know something you could find on youtube and listen to because uh, i know you know some of our audience are, is a little bit older so they're probably familiar with the old-time radio but for some of our younger listeners, they might not be. So I'd like to put one out there every week. And I think we're going to start that maybe next week on the, uh, the next podcast. So we'll bring to you guys a movie and a radio program that you, uh, you Ooh, nice, you know, so I think that's a, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. We're going to make it a weekly, um, a, a weekly thing. Now we'll, we'll get it right at the, the beginning of the podcast. We'll get it out of the way. That way we don't, interrupt any of our uh our topics or our discussions or anything like that so we'll give it to you guys you make sure you have a pen and paper handy so that you could write it down i'll give you guys the year of uh you know the movie and the uh the radio episode and where you could find it so that way it's it's easy for everyone to get to nice it sounds good man you know yeah. and, and the best part is that um, i'm going to start uh what they call double using our shows or putting second use to our podcast i am going to start actually uploading i've been uploading a few podcasts i'm going to do everything once i uh, up uh, not upload download to a my hard drive i'm going to start uploading all the podcasts we've done which we're almost hitting 100 shows in the next uh couple of weeks and the idea is to upload it to the youtube channel so that people can listen it or watch it on youtube um, the podcast, of course, is not going to have live pictures, but it's going to have live, um, you know, like background things. And I'll have a couple of good photographs of toys and stuff from the 70s that people will enjoy. 
So I'm sure mm -hmm. that, you know, that sounds great. Thing that's coming up ahead. Yeah, that sounds really good, Eddie. Yes, we definitely have some, some good stuff coming up. And you know what? I'm going to give everyone out there a uh, a movie for this week, you know, as a pre. This is going to be a pre pre Crypto Classics uh, movie here, which, you know, I watched this past weekend and I thought it was. It was really good and it was creepy. I, I really like the premise of it. I had seen this movie, um, oh, maybe about five years ago, but I caught like the last half of it. I can't remember where I caught it. I didn't really know, you know, what it was, but I ended up finding it this time and it was really cool movie. And it is called uh, The Torture Chamber of Dr. Sadism. Mm. Oh my. It's really good. Source. Christopher <laughs> Lee, uh, Karen Dorr, Lex Barker, Carl Lang, and Dieter Epler. And uh, it also goes by, you know, you might see it as some of its other names, the Blood Demon, um, the Snake Pit and the Pendulum, or the uh, Castle of the Walking Dead. Wow. Most of the Torture Chamber of Dr. Sadism, and it is a 1967 West German horror film. And I tell you what, it is um, it is fantastic. It is almost kind of like a um, a, a zombie. There, there's zombie type people in it, and um, it's very loosely, very very loosely based off of the Pit and the Pendulum uh, by Edgar Allan Poe. I mean, there's maybe one or two scenes in there that would you know kind of relate back to the story, but it is it's. I tell you what, it's creepy. Um, Oh, definitely check out. I, I love Christopher Lee. Yeah, I tell you what, the set pieces and the scenes are very cool. The the torture chamber under the castle is very creepy. They got all these rooms with like traps and everything, and it's um, it's a fantastic movie. I I, I definitely recommend uh, watching it. It's not too long. It's only eighty one minutes, and um, yeah, I, I I highly recommend it. So that's our pre. Crypto Classics uh, movie for the week, and next week I'll, I'll bring you know out a different movie with a little bit more information on it, along with the uh, the radio thing. But I wanted to put out that movie this week because it is something that that's very good, and, and you know any movie with Christopher Lee is always a plus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, did any of you guys have any? Has anybody seen this movie before? No, it sounds familiar though. I mean, when I was skimming through the through the different movies available on our on our uh, cable network. I know I've seen a preview of it, so I'll, I'll go back and definitely check that out. He loves zombies, Chuck. Yeah, I do. I love zombies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll definitely, I, I tell you what, I, I, I'm willing to bet that you've seen um, a little bit of it or um, that you have seen it before. And I tell you what, Lex Barker, he, he's great in it. You know, he played, uh, people might remember him as playing Tarzan for the old RKO pictures. You know, oh, yeah. from 1949 to 53 and um his other co-host karen door she was at absolutely fantastic she was uh, also a bond girl too and uh started in, in uh alfred hitchcock's topaz movie from 1969 and for all you bond fanatics which i am not really but if you do want to see her in a bond movie it's you only live twice from 1967 oh okay and she was she's an absolutely fantastic actress very beautiful lex barker he's he's fantastic in everything he is he's in and, and christopher lee you know he i don't really need to say much about him that that hasn't already been said you know he's just 
absolutely great and everything <laughs> so yeah yeah he is you know what i think a few years before he died he was in uh charlie in the chocolate factory remember he was his father that didn't want the kid to eat chocolate remember he was uh oh. yeah he he played really good in there too oh my god i think i was back when our kids were younger we took him yeah uh, to Isn't see that with johnny depp uh yeah yeah oh, that, was, that johnny, was a good movie that was a good movie yeah really cool yeah everything he's in is is good and it, it's kind of sucks that he you know he he had a go when when he did but he, i mean he was up there in age he was god i think his his 80s wasn't wasn't it late 80s or early oh, oh yeah definitely 93, 93 i'm looking at, at its thing online here 93 so wow god blessed him yeah and he worked all the way up to you know his his dying days <laughs> well that's what clean you is doing <laughs> Yeah, Clint yeah. Eastwood's like 105, and he's still starring. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, it's funny how he still had another movie out there. You know, overall, William Shatner too. How old's William Shatner? He's got a he's ninety. He's ninety. Yeah. And he's 90 yeah. He, just, he just went up into space. I think uh, Elon Musk shipped him up in the break, broke the atmosphere. If I'm not mistaken, right? It is, but yeah. you know something though. When you're talking about William Shatner stuff, William Shatner doesn't look bad for his age. He looks like maybe eighty. Yeah, he look. He looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's what money does. Money makes you look good for a long time. <laughs> there you go. You know, I think I think it's because you know what? He's kind of overweight, and maybe the overweight fills in the uh, the, the, the wrinkles, wrinkles. You know, the wrinkles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because clean Eastwood and stuff is kind of really thin, so the wrinkles are there. Even Arnold, uh, yeah, is kind of lost a lot, but you know, he's kind of you know chunky, and that's probably why he looks younger. <laughs> and that's what I'm assuming, you know. Yeah, that is true. I think it, true. I think Plumps a person I think a person looks better if they're a little plump, maybe, huh? Plumps them up, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it makes them a little bit more a little bit more healthier. But hey guys, we're we're down to our last three minutes here. So uh wanna we gotta start wrapping this up on unfortunately. And uh wanna start off by thanking all of our listeners out there that, that join into us week after week or sporadically or first or second time. Thank you, and you know, we hope to uh to have you know caught you in our grip so to say and uh mm-hmm. you know, keep you coming back for more because every week we have some different conversations whether we're talking about mail order novelties magic uh horror movies sci-fi comic books toys we're always talking about something along the ufos uh Howling wind from LP uh, record. <laughs> you never know what we're going to get into uh, on here. You know, we're always something different. You know, nothing. We don't script anything on here. You know, we just kind of go with the flow on whatever we feel like, like talking about. But, hey, thank you for joining us. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe to us. Uh, give us a great review because that stuff does help us in the whole algorithm thing. And we want to get out there to, to more people, uh, you know, every week. So also check us out on YouTube. Chuck and Eddie are always putting out some fantastic videos. Subscribe to our channel. Like the videos. You know, hit the whatever the notification thing is so you get notified every time a new video drops on there. And also we have our flagship home base, house of the unusual.com is that is our home. That's where you could find us usually on the forum there. There's a lot of great photos of people's uh, collection going out. We've mentioned a few of them tonight. So if you don't know what we're talking about, want to see them head on over there to the forums, join up. It's for free. You can't be free. Everybody loves free. So <laughs> join up, 
interact with us. You know, there's some great conversations and uh, make sure you keep checking us out every week and, uh, you know, drop us some feedback on the forums too, of what you'd like to hear. If you want to be a guest, uh, if there's something you like or don't like, or if you just want to say, Hey, Joe's cool. I really like him. Yeah, there you uh, go. Yeah. Oh man. Hey, Joe's cool. Eddie's the- <laughs> 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 well, if you want to give, or if you want to give your, you know, well wishes for chucking his back so that he doesn't fall. <laughs> keep him off the slope. Yeah, keep him off the slopes there and pray for his poor wife, Sherry, so she doesn't have to <laughs> take care of him uh, in her retirement. But, guys, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Chuck, Sherry, Eddie. Thank uh, you. Joe, myself, thank you for joining me. Thanks. Uh, no problem. All right, guys. God bless. Goodbye. We will see everybody next Bye-bye. week. Goodbye. Bye. God bless. Bye. God bless.